No crying. There's no crying in baseball. card counters at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. What's up, friends? Welcome to episode number 26 of Terrace Talk. We're here on Monday night, August 16th, and your Milwaukee Brewers remain in first place in the NL Central um, and have one of the top uh, handful of records in baseball. Boys, how we doing? What's going on, fellas? Your Milwaukee Brewers currently up to 98.6% chance to make the playoffs. Not a big numbers guy, but uh, that seems pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good. Don't want to say it's a lock, but still got a what month and a half for month and a half or two months to go. But uh, no Brewers baseball on tonight. Unfortunately, we're rolling with uh, Bachelor in Paradise with the wife. So <laughs> don't don't hate on me. It's a good show. Yeah, Mitch, how we doing? Huge, yeah, huge bachelor and bachelorette fans in this in this uh, podcast. So uh, I had it on myself. I'm gonna have to rewatch it tomorrow on Hulu uh, before the game. So, uh, but yeah, we're we're coming off a six and one week. I mean, steamrolled, dancing with the stars, triple A lineup, and then you know took care of the business, took care of business against the Pirates outside of that early game Saturday. So I mean, we're we're just taking care of business. We're we're a train right now, and it's, it's just get off the fucking tracks. Yeah, man, we're. Uh... We're the road warriors. I mean, the best record in baseball for uh, best road record, I should say. Right. 40 and 20. Yeah. 40, 40 and 20. 20. Um, so no other team has more than like 35 wins. It looks like the Rays are 36 and 25. Um, so, yeah, man, they just keep on rolling. Obviously uh, played seven games this week against two of the worst teams in baseball, but good teams take care of business and the, the Brewers did just that. So, um, we can go through and uh, recap those games as we go, but any major takeaways from this week? I mean, we had the the legendary Corbin Burns game where he actually tied an MLB record for consecutive strikeouts. Um, granted, against that Cubs team, but impressive nonetheless. Uh, almost looked like he was going to throw a Maddox up there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, gave up a few hits in the eighth and ended up only going eight strong. Only, I, I say, like it's a bad thing but 15 strikeouts for Corbin that night. Um, and our guy, Corbin Burns, our man's, uh, is currently number one in baseball. He overtook Wheeler um, for the most or highest F war uh, amongst pitchers. So uh, shout out Corbin Burns, man. He's, uh, he's electric as always. Uh, I could say it every episode, but he's, he's just fucking legendary right now. Yeah, man. I mean, I know we kind of talked about this uh, in previous episodes of how every time we have one of our starters go out there, there's a chance that they throw a no hitter. I know he, the first header of the game, I think hit like a chopper fucking Ortega over uh third base. But um, as the game was kind of rolling on, man, I was, I had Ben Sheets 18 strikeout record kind of in the back of my mind. As soon as I started fucking thinking about that, <clears throat> yeah, he just kept getting ground out. So unfortunately didn't get to 18, but uh, nonetheless, that was a fucking show, man. Yeah, my big takeaway this week was the offense. Um, 49 runs in seven games. Obviously, there were some outlier games in there. Uh, the Thursday game, they had 22 hits and 17 runs against uh, the AAA Dancing with the Stars team. But, I mean, they've pretty much just emerged as a top 10 or top 15, potentially top 10 offense um, since the All-Star break. Um, you have a lot of guys uh, up and down the lineup that are hitting right now outside of maybe Yelich. And I know Yelich the last five games is starting to show um, a little bit more consistency at the plate, which is huge. But it's like when you look at those lineups now with the depth that they've added with Escobar and Rowdy, 
every single lineup, regardless who's starting, it feels like one through eight. It's like, wow, like find an out at this point. Um, so it's been really awesome to see because like the pitching hasn't slowed down. Um, and now that the bats are coming around, we're a juggernaut. We really are. Um, and, and I hope fans appreciate what they're seeing because Stearns is an absolute magician with all of his moves always. Um, and, and we're set for quite some time. I think we also need to give snaps for uh, on Jace Bay or fuck uh, on base Jace. Uh, that was bad. Uh, seven hit week, um, a bomb, couple doubles in there. Dude is on base like a thousand times. You blinked and he was on base again somehow, stealing bags. Um, just doing it, kind of filling in. Uh, he's got some of his mojo back and on base Jace, baby. Dude still has like an 850 OPS, which is like absurd because he's just been like a journeyman and he's pretty much struggled everywhere. He's struggled in Atlanta and he's been a couple other places, but like he's literally how many how many plate appearances do, does he have? Do you have his stat lineup? Um, I just have his advanced stats: 828 OPS, 126 WRC plus, and probably what close to 300 at bats. So I mean, we're not talking about a small sample size here for Jace, um, and still posting an 830 OPS, which is just wild. Uh, he has 184 play, uh, plate appearances. Oh, wow. I was off a little bit. But still, that's still a, a fairly large data set for uh, pretty much a backup. Yeah. 1.2 war, um, striking out at 20%. Best career best. Jace is on pace to have a fucking market value on sports track this offseason for when he's a free agent. No shit. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. What a legend. Yeah, dude, I was just going through, like, Corbin's game log in, like, his last seven games. Um, seven starts, 46 innings pitched. Um, he's got a 1.75 ERA with 57 strikeouts to only seven walks. Um, he's 4-0 and in these games with a 1 point, like I said, 1.75 ERA. He's hit under one. So he went through that, like, brief – couple start period where um there are some people including myself a little bit concerned with how the effects of the the sticky substance crackdown um was going to affect Corbin Burns and uh you know thankfully uh it hasn't really affected him whatsoever and I think he's getting some rotation back on that cutter even yeah yeah his uh yeah it's it's starting to come back and I'm glad you brought up the spider tack thing because I'd like to personally give a shout out to those Braves fans that were convinced that he was going to struggle without the spider tech and he's out here still spinning the ball like crazy, striking out everyone that comes to the plate. So tough scene for those, uh, those Braves fans. Yeah. His fa fastball spin rate on baseball savant is a hundred still. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's uh, funny too. Cause they, they pretty much have his cutter as a fastball, right? Yeah, they have to. I think so. Cause that's why it's, his is just way out and above everyone else. Um, yeah, I mean, the big takeaways, Brewers Brewers are a wagon, man. Um, I know I was, I was hitting both of you guys up because it kind of rattled me when I caught it today, but uh, Mark DeRosa didn't even have the Brewers in the top five. However, uh, they are uh, in the top five and a handful of power rankings that I've came across today. Um, the Athletic had them at number five. I think MLB.com had them at five as well. Um I, I want to know, we're obviously biased, um, and we kind of had this conversation a little bit today with the three of us, but where would you put the Brewers right now, uh, power rankings with the, the rest of the other top-tier teams in baseball? Hmm, so that's a good question. Who would you say is the – is there a clear-cut number one even? I think you have to give it to San Francisco just based upon their record wise. I mean, on paper, I, I still am not afraid of San Francisco, but I don't know how you can't give them the number one spot in the power rankings. Um, I would probably give the Dodgers number two um, just because of one, their record two, what they look like on paper. But personally, I think we're the third best team in baseball, man. I would put us at number three. I don't think there's a team in the AL um, I mean, we played the White Sox and took two out of three against them. And the Astros still don't scare me. And I believe we have a better record than both of them. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if someone's looking at the standing. So I would probably put us at number three. Yeah. yeah I think, no, uh, sorry, Hanson. Go ahead. Yeah. And our, like, if you look at the other top teams that we played, and it's been a little bit, I feel like 
I feel like we've just finished a spot in our schedule where we were beaten up on some of the real bad teams in baseball. A lot of that being the Cubs and pirates. Um, but like you look back, what are we against the the Padres? We ended up going four and two against them, right? No, we swept them five and one, five and one. Uh, we three out of four lost. against LA. Correct. Yep. Uh, I think we're four and two or maybe we're three and three against the Cardinals, but I'm just like spitballing two and one against the White Sox. Um, so we, we've taken care of business against the other top teams. Uh, San Fran was the only team yeah. recently that we played that was good that has won a series against us. That's the only series like that we've lost um, in like the last month, I think. Um, the only other team was uh, the COVID problems in the bullpen too. Right, right. And then that Philly series when we got that Philly series when we got swept in four games, but that was pre-Adamas. So I don't even count that. I mean, this is a completely different team. So yeah, that, that Philly series was weird. That was right before the Adamas trade, wasn't it? I, I believe so. Um, I know like Freddie Peralta had one of the weirdest games I've ever seen there. He gave up like five runs to the first five hitters. Yeah. BD hit a slam off of him. Yeah, that, that killed us. And that series too, I think we lost like every game by a run. It was like deja vu every single night. Yeah, they would go up like four or five to zero early and we would climb ourselves all the way back and have a chance with like a runner on second in the ninth inning to tie it. And we couldn't score them. Yeah. And that was before we got Willie, I believe, because uh, Yelich like came off of the IL for the, one of the earlier times played a game and then went immediately back on the IL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played, had like three hits. Everyone thought he was back and then he was back on the IL the next day. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a, a good transition. We can go right into the game tomorrow – or yesterday, excuse me. Uh, Brewers won 2-1 to one against the Pirates. Um, good pitching all the way around. They only allowed four hits on the day. Um, so, EL uh, keeps on doing his thing. Threw four innings, gave up only one earned run, struck out six, lowered his ERA to 3.44. Um, and as always, when uh, either Eric Lauer or Luis Urias has a day, you got to ask yourself – did we win the trade? <laughs> and it started as kind of a joke, but as the days and the weeks go on here, um, yeah, this, uh, this trade looks better by the game, really. <laughs> yeah, my, my biggest takeaway from this, and I've always been the leader of the Urias train, probably just because of how much I love Trent. So I like forced myself that Luis was going to be the guy. And he's finally starting to come around, and, and I know we're joking about it, but I will say this, and the biggest takeaway from this is we as fans need to stop judging trades of 22, 23, and 24-year-olds that have five years, six years left of control. Um, these guys are still learning. Like Luis was, I think when we acquired Luis, he was 22 years old and never really had an extended stint in the bigs. And I mean, what Grisham did right away for San Diego is very rare. Like guys just don't figure it out that quickly. Um, so I think the, the big takeaway for me is to stop judging trades um, when you have young players involved. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always easy to do. And especially like the way things played out last year. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Eric Lauer, uh, he keeps he keeps on shoving, and he's been really good for for a while now. Uh, it's pretty insane. He's our number six pitcher, probably number five. I would say he's overbeat Brian Brad Anderson. Excuse me. Um, we could talk about his outing here too, but he got kind of babbed to death in that early Saturday game. Um, I'm not sure if you caught that. I think you were on the lake, right, Mitch? But yeah, yeah, no, I was just kind of following through the box score. But one other thing on on Eric Lauer and and Will talked about this today, and I think the Brewers have figured something out with their young pitching, and I think we're going to see it with Ashby too, and probably Small. They've done this with all of their young pitchers dating back to Woodruff and Corbin, even with Hauser. It seems like right when they come up, they have them at very short leashes, whether it's coming out of the pen for two to three innings or if they are getting starts, it's three to four innings. And I don't know if it's from a confidence thing, which you think it would be the opposite, but it seems to be working with our younger pitchers where they're giving them very short leashes. They're having success in very short stints and fans are complaining, why are you pulling them? Why are you pulling them? Well, the track record is starting to prove that it's working from a development standpoint. And then as they grow and get more comfortable, CC and Stearns are letting them pitch later in the games and it's starting to prove results. 
Whereas they're not getting hurt that third or fourth time through the order because they're not allowed to go there. So I'm starting to think that that's maybe where Lauer's starting to get his success because he's building a ton of confidence because he's getting through four or five innings, giving up one, two runs. And I think you're going to see that with Ashby too. So I think Stearns and company are on to something with, you know, letting their younger pitchers settle in, get a foundation, and then letting them go longer in the games. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Lauer shoved. Um, then uh, they went five guys uh, through a single inning in relief. So uh, Brent Suter picked up his 12th win of the year, um, throwing a scoreless inning, striking out a couple. Uh, I know, Bus, you have uh, you had some positive tidbits on uh, the Raptor. I don't know if you want to relay some of those here. Yeah, no, I uh, saw a tweet come, up, come across the timeline today. And uh, just to kind of show you guys where uh, um, Brent Suter is, he is one off the MLB lead in wins. <laughs> it's, it, go, it goes Hendricks with 13, uh, Urias from the Dodgers with 13, and then Bassett, uh, Bueller, and Suter. Two, two of those five don't belong. It was uh, if this was like 2004, he might be in the Cy Young hunt for with all those wins that he has. Right, he realistically has a chance to be a 20 game winner. <laughs> if he snakes eight more by the end of the year, that would be incredible. But, I mean, with with our horses too, like when you have Freddie Corbin and Woodruff, uh, you're thinking like one of those guys would be the wins leader. Not that that's that matters, but like the fact that Suter is going to have realistically like 16 or 17 wins this year it's crazy it is wild um and yeah i mean it you know as a pod and i think as a fan base uh it's easy to get down on suitor because it's he's not appealing to the eye and like you said and i actually agree with you 100 percent on this um suitor is phenomenal in his role in the fifth through seventh at the very latest depending on the score um, but where you had some issues was when it's a high leverage situation in extra innings or the ninth inning, and you're looking for strikeouts, um, even though he puts up about nine K per nine, um, it's, it's just not like a swing and miss type guy late in the ball game. It's, it's such a weird thing. And I don't understand that. And that's sometimes like for being a data nerd, some things that I look at, it's like, you look at his, his K nine and his K percentage is actually above league average. But then you look at his whiff percentage and he's like in the bottom percentile of whiff percentage. So it's, it's either he's just getting very lucky that those, you know, 14% whiff percentage days or something ridiculously low is just coming when he has two strikes or it's just, uh, yeah, it's very weird. Cause it's like, yeah, he's above league average in K percentage in, in K nine, but his whiff percentage is ridiculously bad. So it's, it's just, I don't want him in those spots where you need strikeouts. Cause I still don't trust that. Just a note, he does a couple of things at a very elite level, um, and he misses barrels, dude. Uh, the average exit velocity on him, he's in the 98th percentile there and the 92nd percentile in barrel percentage. So, um, you know, he he's third percentile in velocity. We know that he doesn't throw the ball hard. Um, his shit doesn't really spin at all. Um, so it's just like – I, I don't really understand it. He works quickly. Um, it's a change of pace from all of – and the Brewers broadcast talks about this a lot too. Um, and I think there's something to it where each and every arm of the bullpen is a completely different look, and you're not going to see the two same arm slots, velocity, pitch mix. Um, so I, who knows? Maybe he's just in the perfect situation um, to be the change-up guy, but it's it's just crazy how – effective he is with his skill and talent level it's just wild it's just wild I don't know about you guys but I always have this really uneasy feeling when he comes into the game (laughs) and then he'll like k three guys in a row and be like okay all right I mean just his baseball savant numbers don't really match up with his uh stats his era is like 281 with a fip of like three five um I just don't understand this doesn't make sense to me (laughs) he's an anomaly that's for sure professional uh, barrel misser <laughs> yeah so he he got another one uh the vulture himself um but uh cousins came in he had uh, a couple big strikeouts he actually um probably the biggest 
the chance for the Pirates to tie up that game was against Cousins in the sixth inning. Um, he threw a couple of nasty sliders to get out of that jam. Um, and then the, the trio, um, which is really becoming one of the best in baseball. Um, and we kind of thought it was early on that, you know, D will took a little while to get, get going, but Boxberger sits with the 2.5 ERA um, tossing it to D will, who's been lights out as of late 2.34. Um, and then obviously Josh shuts it down with two strikeouts, clean inning. Um, it's good to see him getting some saves after he was out with COVID. So uh, pretty quiet offensively. Um, besides uh, Christian Yelich, he actually cranked a double. We'll give him credit for blasting the double. Um, and then uh, Check swung his way to another double. Um, was the only Brewer with multi-hit game yesterday. Um, so it was good. Hopefully that gets the confidence going, dude. Um, baseball is a weird game. I remember when I was a hitter back in high school, like you could hit three balls hard, get out three times uh, and feel shitty about yourself. But if you go two for three with a duck snort and a check swing double, you feel like you're the man afterwards just because the, the stat book says so. Um, so hopefully that gets our guy Yelly going. Is uh, your two weeks up, Hanson? No, no, no. Oh, that's next week? We got, yeah, we got uh, the Cardinal series and the national series. And then, and then my ruling will come. Okay. Yeah. So next week we're getting a, this is breaking news on the podcast. Next week's podcast, we'll have a full depth analysis of Hanson's actual opinion of uh, Christian Yelich. Yeah, man. I don't know. I'm looking at the box card. It says Yelich has two doubles. <laughs> he did strike out twice. Uh, but yeah, he, he had two doubles. Uh, hopefully, hopefully those are signs of things to come. Um, but you know, looking up and down this lineup, he's got the, I'm, I'm going to be positive, but I got to point out the facts. He has the worst OPS of the regulars, him and low Kane. Um, so something's got to give, he'll figure it out. I got faith positivity one more week. Let's go see why. I think he has like a 900 OPS in his last five games. Obviously it has a lot to do with those two doubles that he had on Sunday, but, uh, I think hey. there is, it, it is a smaller sample size, but. I think all of us are just waiting for him to turn it on. I I need a week where he hits like four home runs. And then I think I can full, like fully be back in the power. The lack of power is just like the, the most concerning part in my opinion um, with his contract long-term. Like I, I would, I, I don't know. You guys can, uh, you know, rebuttal with what your thoughts are. Um, but I would almost have him hit like fucking Joey Gallo right now hit like 190 with like 20 home runs at least I know he could still do it it just makes me nervous that he can't leave the yard I don't know if it's I think it has to and I think we kind of touched on this but how his launch angle is just different this year that double that he hit was like 110.9 off the bat and I don't even think it hit I don't even think it hit the wall first yeah that's true I mean who knows you'd hopefully can find whatever he was uh and baseball is, uh, like we've said, it's a weird sport, but hopefully yeah. you can regain that angle from 2018, 2019. And his average exit velocity really hasn't taken a massive dip, at least to be to the point as to like, why is he not hitting, you know, 25, 30 homers? But Bus said, mentioned his launch angle. I think last week when he checked, his launch angle is down like 5% this year which is it's even lower than what it was when he was in Miami. And that was kind of his biggest adjustment as he went through his stance change where he's standing more, he was standing more upright with us with the, which they said attributed to his launch angle being better, but it's not like he went back to his Miami approach where he's more crunched at the plate. I mean, he's still doing what he was doing in 2018 or 2019. So um, yeah, it's, it's obviously a mystery at this point. I'm sure he's, he's obviously frustrated. He's been pretty vocal about that, which is good, but it's just like, like you said, when you're in a small market and you're getting $230 million over the length of the next seven, eight years, we need him to not be a high on base percentage guy. We need him to be a 850, 900 plus OPS guy. I completely agree with you. Um, I just want to add something from this series. I mean, I know we saw Devin Williams a little bit. Um, how good has he been since the uh, um, all-star break? Do you Have you guys looked at his numbers at all? Uh, I could pull it up though. All right. Uh, I mean, I can tell you too. So oh, he's got 11, yeah. 11 since the all-star break, he's got an 11 and a third innings, 18 strikeouts, three walks, 14.29 K nine 
an ERA of zero and a FIP of 1.06. I mean, if you take out the month of April, his stats are probably ridiculous because it's like, I think after April, he still had like a seven or eight ERA and now he's down to, you know, sub two five. So you take out April. Um, he's been pretty much what he was last year. You know, I opened this up and I saw ERA of zero. I was like, holy shit. His last, uh, so his last 30 appearances, he's got 46 appearances on the year. So two thirds of his season, he's five and one with a 1.3 ERA, 27 innings pitched with 46 strikeouts to 10 walks. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like a dummy for, uh, for not letting him get settled in. I was a little impatient to, uh, to start the year, but yeah, it turns out that he's still really good at pitching the baseball. <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, that's what we've come to know. So shout out D will. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm looking at his numbers from like May. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Um, cool. Well, we could talk about the, uh, the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday. Um, so this was, uh, the Aaron Ashby start, um, his longest and best, uh, outing of his short career here. Um, Ashby went four scoreless innings, uh, while striking out four, uh, not walking anyone. Um, so watch yourself, everyone. Uh, I know there's, uh, some folks out there in the Twitter sphere, um, that, you know, we weren't allowed to get excited for Ashby because of his first major league outing. Um, but, uh, he's thrown six scoreless innings since uh since that debacle against chicago that we ended up winning anyhow uh but the brewers win this game six to zero uh you guys have any major takeaways from the second game of the doubleheader on uh saturday yeah you know i mean when you i don't know if anyone else caught this but in the dugout when uh cc took out um ashby he kind of had like that sheepish grin on his face but you could tell he was so fucking mad that cc took him out he's kind of feeling himself a little bit um Got a lot of weak contact and a couple strikeouts. So exciting things with uh, Aaron Ashby here. I'm very curious to see how he's going to be used the rest of the way. Um, I know they're quoted CC on saying that there's a, there's a role for him on this team. So who knows what that is. He still strikes me as the guy that down the stretch, when we go back to probably your typical like five or four man rotation, when we're getting close to the playoffs and into the playoffs, that Ashby will be a bridge guy to get to Devin Williams, Boxberger type. I mean, I'm sure they'll still leverage Suter, but Ashby strikes me as like the sixth or seventh inning comes in and throw, he's sitting 98, 99 with movement. Um, that feels like his role once we get to the playoffs, because obviously we're not going to have a seven man rotation, which I want to point out, we were talking about this earlier. We got into it with some Padres fans that were trying to tell us that the Padres four best pitchers were better than Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. I want everyone to know that Blake Snell would be our eighth best starter right now um, with Ashby being ahead of him. So that's kind of my take on, on where I see Ashby going forward. Well, yeah. And the other two guys like, well, Darvish is hurt now too. Like if the Padres are going to miss the playoffs, I mean, yeah, they're getting beat by the Rockies right now. <laughs> they're getting beat by the Rockies right now. Six to one too. I honestly, I don't think that's that bold of a take. I think that, with the way the Reds and the Cardinals schedule is um, that the Reds could easily surpass the Padres because the Padres September is brutal. I mean, they're playing San Francisco, LA, Houston, pretty much all September. Um, so fans that, you know, aren't following too close along in the NOS. Um, yeah. I would be, I would probably be shocked to see San Diego make the playoffs. And I know that probably sounds bold, but they're uh, they're in a tough spot. Yeah. Yeah. And then offensively on Saturday. So, uh, well, I guess real quick. So Ashby went four, uh, and this was just a seven inning game. So they ended up finishing with Fox D will and Hunter Strickland, who has been really good himself, uh, with the Brewers this year too. Um, so, I mean, and this is funny. It was like, we picked him up, um, and pretty much every pickup at this point, you just like expect to turn to gold. So, uh, I think we even said, we're like, he'll probably be fucking unbelievable just because we got him. Um, and he's been, he's been really good, dude. Uh, he's got like a 288 ERA for the year. Um, and I think that's including his numbers uh, with the Angels as well. Because in his last, well, just his last 15 appearances, he's got a 1.69 ERA himself 
um, with 16 innings pitched, 18 strikeouts to just three walks. <laughs> so, I mean, it's uh, it's tough to – I mean, if you got a better bullpen than ours right now, um, I'd like to see it because there's some pretty impressive numbers floating around that uh, that bullpen right now. Yeah, he's got a one four seven ERA with the Brewers in 17 games, 18.1 innings. <laughs> he's barely letting guys touch bases. <laughs> And you know, here's an underrated storyline um, that I kind of thought about today. Remember that brawl that he got in with Bryce Harper? Um, and there's a, there's a legit chance that Strick can get some payback on Bryce Harper and the NLDS if it comes to it. Because <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they throw down? Didn't they like Bryce Harper chuck his helmet at him and they threw punches at each other? Yeah, and that's – I wonder how Strickland's attitudes changed, especially being in our locker room with winning and, like, just – it feels like we just have such a positive energy. Because I've heard just, like, that's kind of been – like, no one – Strickland's kind of like the, the a-hole, or he has, like, the a-hole persona. So I wonder if that's changed now um, and he's just matured. Because um, you haven't really heard of anything uh, about that recently. Right. Like, the only thing you know about him is he, like d- – doesn't he, like, live in a trailer in Georgia or something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I just I know he lives in Georgia because that's where him and Cousins stayed when they tested positive for COVID. So, yeah, and just like uh, just pulled up his Statcast page real quick. Haven't been on his before, uh, but a handful of things that he does well, and I think this is a common denominator with a lot of Brewers' arms. Um, he spins the fastball, um, so seventieth percentile. Uh, he misses barrels, dude. Hard hit percentage ninety first, average exit velocity seventy seventh. Um, he's still tossing it at a decent velocity too, 72nd. So, um, yeah, man, he's, he's been legit. He's throwing 95 to 97 with that slider, uh, and he's, he's doing his job. So shout out Hunter Strickland. Um, cool. The, the offense popped off a little bit. So they had 12 hits in this seven inning game. Uh, four dudes had multi-hit games, Willie Adamas, double single doing his thing, 840 OPS. Uh, Avi, dude, Avi hit his 21st home run of the year. Um, so we're, I mean, we're a hot stretch away from thinking 30 home run season for Avisail Garcia, uh, which would be huge coming off of last year's disappointing, uh, season Omar two for four. Um, his OPS is still healthy in the mid eight hundreds, uh, on base Jace. I mean, incredible 840 OPS. Uh, and then big Rowdy Telez hit the uh, two-run bomb, uh, pinch hit bomb in the sixth inning. Um, so the offense stays hot in the Saturday game uh, and keeps it rolling. Uh, but what do you guys got on uh, on any of those notes from Saturday? Rowdy's uh, home run has not landed yet, confirmed. Rowdy Telez, baby. Dude. Gonna have a, you, you knew that right when we got him. <laughs> You're like, there's going to be some huge Rowdy chance, big-time moments at the keg and uh he's delivered yeah the rowdy, chants, the rowdy chants have been happening on the road too after that bomb in pittsburgh you could hear him dude that home run was so sick he just walks up there hits the fucking ball into the water and then trots around the bases goes back in no really no real emotion puts his bp jacket on his sunnies kind of tips his cap off and he's like yeah i just fucking hit one five miles and now i'm just gonna chill Snacking some peanuts and some hubba bubba, throwing like eight pieces of gum and just sit back on a bench. I think he had a Snickers in his hand. (laughs) Get him some lakefront cheese curds. He deserves them all. Yeah, I mean, 21 bombs. Um, He's doing exactly what we hope. He's hitting like 270, roughly 825 OPS, 21 ding-dongs. So, uh, you know, Yelly's only got six, but some of these other guys are making up for it. Rowdy's already got 10. Uh, Avi's got 21. Uh, Willie's obviously got like 16, 17. Uh, our boy, our boy Luis is going to have 20 this year. How much? How, what is he at right now? 15, I think. Is 14, he? 15? Yeah, somewhere six, in there. Six, 16 right now. 16, yeah. Oh, we're going to get to that Cubs game where uh, he had his career day. The OPS Razor of the century right there. Um, oh, We'll quickly go over this. So the Brewers, their one loss this week. Uh, Brett Anderson started, got hit around a little bit. 
for anyone that watched that game, it was not nearly as bad as the uh, the stat line would suggest. Um, but kind of viewed it as like a, a negative regression game for Brett Anderson. Uh, we were joking around about his baseball savant page last week. Um, this obviously uh, didn't help him, but he threw three and a third, gave up six earned runs on eight hits. Uh, so his probably his worst start of the season. Uh, that's all right, though. Uh, after that, uh, Justin Topa actually got roughed up pretty good, uh, gave up five runs. And then, after, you know, we had on-base Jace throwing an inning by the end of it. Uh, so Bryce Wilson threw the ball all right. Shrev gets the win for them. I don't know. I don't really have much on this game. Colton Wong hit a leadoff bomb in the first inning. Uh, he's really good at baseball still. Uh, so shout out Colton Wong. What do you guys got on this? Anything in this 10-run loss? Or basically just kind of shove this one away and talk about it never. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched the first batter and called long hit that bomb. Then I went to the zoo and I didn't, admittedly didn't watch one pitch at the zoo because I'm a good dad. Um, <laughs> what, was, what was Hudson's favorite animal? Oh, definitely the seals, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you, love that shit. you know what's funny is I met a seal myself at the Wisconsin State Fair on Friday and took a picture with it. Big seal guys on this podcast as well. Bachelor seals. <laughs> finding out some things today <laughs> i will say this we got to give someone credit on pittsburgh who has kind of become our new menace but not just ours he's just an absolute stud brian reynolds is really good um and i kind of feel bad for him with pittsburgh pretty much going to be bad for a while but that dude absolutely rakes he just has that mustache he wears those six shades and the dude absolutely rakes he strikes me as a guy that would be really good at bags. Like he belongs in like a bags tournament in Mayville, Wisconsin. And he's out here hit, have, having a 950 OPS. Yeah. And it's crazy. And we'll, we'll probably do a full pot on this. Um, one of these weeks, maybe like, maybe next week, who knows when we go back and revisit our, uh, our preseason predictions. But uh, for those curious, uh, we did our preseason top five players in the NL central um, and I know F war is not everything, but it's, you know, one of our favorite stats to, to use while gauging how good someone is. The Brewers have four of the top five players. Um, if you're ranking NL central players in F war. Uh, so Corbin is number one, uh, Brian Reynolds checks in at number two, and then it's Brandon Woodruff, Willie Adamas, Freddie Peralta in three, four, five. Um, so, you know, that makes a lot of sense when you're looking at a team that's 25 games above 500 and has an eight game lead on the division. Uh, you have four of the best five players in your league. Omar's <laughs> got to be pretty close to that too, isn't he? Oh, you know what? He I, might uh, qualify. qualify. Yeah. So I think if you look at him statistically, he might be uh, in the top five too. Let me, uh, I can check you real quick on that. Yeah, that's a good point because I knew he uh, he missed a little bit of time. And then Manny Pineapple's getting hot, so, uh, you know, he needs uh, a nap bat or two every once in a while. I'm almost there. Yeah, Omar's at 3.3. So he uh, he's right behind Freddie Peralta. So I guess if uh, we technically have the five of the top six players in the division right now, <laughs> which is just truly absurd. Yes, the goat, man, the goat. And if you go through, so we, we, David Stearns drafted Corbin Burns. Oh, and we're going to have to take a break here and we'll talk about David Stearns uh, being the goat. Yeah, so like I was saying, um, let's just go through here. So the Brewers have five of the top six players in the division. Um, and Corbin Burns, we drafted him. Shout out Mitch Lidke, as always. Uh, love seeing that tweet get some traction. Uh, and the likes that it deserves, but drafted Seaburns out of St. Mary's in the fourth round, uh, drafted Brandon Woodruff in the ninth round from Mississippi State, um, where if you look at his college numbers, pretty underwhelming stuff for someone who's a Cy Young candidate uh, in, the, in the bigs right now. Willie Adamas, we acquired uh, for Brad Box, or excuse me, uh, J.P. Feierheisen and Drew Rasmussen. Um, some would say that we fleeced them in that deal. Freddie Peralta, we acquired in a trade, uh, Adam Lind. Um, and then David Stearns went on to get him on what's maybe the most team-friendly 
contract in all of baseball at this rate with uh, how much Freddie's producing. And then Omar Narvaez, who is the fifth one, uh, we also fleeced from Seattle uh, by giving them right-hander Adam Hill, uh, who was the Brewers' 24th best prospect at the time, and a compensation pick. Uh, Admittedly, not sure who they ended up taking with that comp pick, um, but nonetheless, uh, pretty insane, man. We, We probably have a top three in saying that safely GM in all of baseball with David Stearns. So uh, appreciation segment right there for, for good old DS. Yeah, Hanson, uh, I think you said on the first, first or second pod that um, we kind of went over uh, Brewers promoting Matt Arnold um, and David Stearns. Um, you said with uh, Matt Arnold, David Stearns and Craig Council, the Milwaukee Brewers are fine for the foreseeable future. So <laughs> props to you on that. Yeah. Not necessarily a hot take, but it's, it's crazy, dude. It's, potentially one of the more steady organizations um, in the entire league. Uh, And there's obviously the Dodgers um, doing what we're doing with three times, if not four times the payroll that we have, Uh, man, this is why we ask every off season, just give them like 25 more million dollars to work with and we'll win a fucking ring or two with, uh, with David. So shout out, man. Would you say this is David's uh, and company's best off-season slash in-season acquisitions? Uh, the 2018 one's hard to beat, too, just the way that Christian, like, splashed and, like, Lil Kane had a good year. But, yeah, I mean, those were at the time – like, those are still really good players. I would say the value of this year that he found uh, was by far significantly his best, right? Because, I mean, we got Rowdy, who was struggling in Toronto, turned it on here. Escobar was a awesome all-star pickup and then Willie Adamas is going to be an MVP candidate feels like for the next four years when we have them um those aren't the, they didn't have the pedigree that Christian and Lowe had coming uh over in 2018 David can't miss basically and yeah do you guys think do you guys think I was thinking about this with and he deserves credit we mentioned him already but Matt Arnold do you think a lot of that has to do with his time being spent in Tampa too. I mean, obviously David Stearns is a genius, but there has to be something from the fact that Matt Arnold was a high executive at Toronto. Toronto is pretty much, or Toronto, sorry, Tampa. They're pretty much ran the same way that we are. And you see six Tampa's a 90 win team every single year and a small right. payroll that I feel like part of those philosophies have to be similar. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the Brewers like, They've just done a better job that, than Tampa. And I think with the star quality of pitchers and then the top end guys on the roster, whether it's Christian Yelich um, in 2018, 2019, and then now Willie Adamas. I mean, is there anyone, is there any hitter on the Rays that has any close to the F war as Willie right now? No, I don't think so. I don't Joey Weddle might be. That's you have a great point there where Tampa doesn't really have the guys that blossom into superstars. Uh they just find ways to win baseball games. Right. And they do like the Brewers like yeah, the, like council will say like you know our pitching unit or you know the Brewers were known for a little bit as using openers and being weird with it, but um, the Brewers have also proved that when they have guys that they trust, they would much rather just have guys like Woody and Burns go seven scoreless and traditionally hand it off to your setup man and closer. Um, we were only doing that because we were dealing with Jalise Chassin, no offense to the big fella, um, but as the best pitcher on the roster and they were in a need to be creative and do those type of things. But um, yeah, I mean, just two of the best organizations in the sport um, with the payrolls that they're going with. And, you know, we get David Stearns from the Astros, Arnold from the Rays. Um, there's something to that. And I think uh, the Brewers, I mean, we've already seen it with the Mets trying to get David as their GM and president of baseball ops. Uh, but you'd think that, you know, some of those bigger organizations are going to be throwing some big money around uh, for, for DS. Hopefully we can hold on to them as long as possible. You imagine him on like the Yankees with that payroll. <laughs> it wouldn't even be fair. <clears throat> um, cool. Well, we could talk about uh, the Cubs series. 
um, you know, real quick or as much as we want to. I mean, the Cubs are dead. They're one of the worst teams in the sport. They're trying to lose every game they play. Um, you know, Duffy hitting the three hole or the two hole, excuse me, um, in the series finale. I mean, they go Ortega, Duffy, uh, tough guy, Patrick Wisdom. Um, so Brewers win all four games. Uh, Thursday, they win 17 to four. Uh, Woody actually came out of this game early. Pretty much all things point to it being precautionary. Um, he was he was working hard to get those outs the first three innings of the game. I think he might have threw like 70 pitches to get through those three. Um, then they just pulled the plug on it. Uh, but this, the real story of the game were Luis Urias, five extra base hits, um, including two home runs and three doubles, if I'm not mistaken. And then on base Jace, who also had five hits of his own uh, on this day. So, you know, Take that for what it's worth. Uh, what are your guys' takes on uh, on this bloodbath of the game, 17-4 to four Brewers? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I know there's a stat that was getting thrown around. Uh, I know BA was talking about it on the, on, the, um, on the broadcast, about the total bases for that game. Um, it was like – it was in the sixth inning, I think, and it was 65 total bases to like six or something like that um, through the – for three games uh, in the series. So, I mean, not really too much to talk about besides the Brewers killed the Cubs again um, and keep doing it for the foreseeable future. I mean. <laughs> yeah, taking the uh, career record against Chicago too um, has just been super nice. I think there was, I had, uh, <laughs> I quote tweeted with CeCe's face on the, the Michael Jordan meme um, ever since uh, Cole Hamill's comment about like it not being a rivalry and us having like, gone like 34 and 13 against them since then has just been awesome but yeah I mean it's a tough scene when you're the third largest market in baseball and you're absolutely getting piss pounded every time you play uh big brother Milwaukee so um you just love to see it yeah yeah dude it's crazy I mean Eddie Escobar uh steady Eddie um Fogo power he had three hits that day (laughs) Um, Manny Pina, he had two home runs, six RBIs. Uh, JBJ, if JBJ is getting into the mix, it's a good day. Two for five. Yelly had a couple hits. Um, Brewers had 22 hits as a team uh, facing uh, Dancing with the Stars. And you know what? Actually, this game was against Kyle Hendricks, um, which was, uh, you know, the most impressive part. Um, he's, you know, like you said earlier, he leads the league in wins. He's still a good pitcher. Uh, and the Brewers just took it to him. So, uh, you know, beyond that, Daniel Norris gave up a couple runs. He hasn't been very good for the Brewers. Um, but beyond that, you know, Hayter shuts it down. He threw it in because he needed to. Miguel Sanchez, same thing. Topo was good. So just just an all-around ass-kicking by the so Brewers. So here's a question for you guys. You got one bullpen spot open. It's either Daniel Norris or Aaron Ashby. Who are you taking? Aaron Ashby. Yeah, close. So that's the thing is I don't know if Daniel Norris is going to be on the playoff roster at this point. Yeah, it's crazy. I know there's a lot of people that, um, you know, when we got him, they thought the Brewers would just have him throw that change up a hell of a lot more. And he just really hasn't. Um, the results haven't been there, but I wouldn't trust Daniel Norris in a playoff game right now. I mean, we'd have to be down, down big or up big to see him in my opinion. Whereas, at least Ashby, you might have uh, the upside for, you know, positive results. Right. And, like, I feel like Jake guys like Jake Cousins and Sanchez are pretty much locks at this point. I would think so. I like the way Sanchez throws the ball. And, yeah, Cousins, I think, has to be on it. That's a good question, though. <clears throat> um, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> so the Wednesday game. Brewers won 10 to zero. I mean, it's crazy. They ended Jake Arietta's career as a Chicago. It <laughs> was so bad. He threw four innings, gave up 11 hits and eight runs, and he was DFA'd. Then some, for somehow, some reason, the Padres picked him up. Um, but he was shitty. This was the Corbin Burns night. Uh, he was dominant. We talked about that from the get-go. Uh, we had a Hobie Milner uh, inning in this one with the Brewers up 10-0, but Omar hits a home run, Colton Wong doubles, 
Um, Willie has two hits, Escobar two hits, Omar three hits. On base, Jace goes two for three off the bench, um, just doing what he always does. Uh, I don't know. Well, Jake Arietta. And this is uh, bus, bus was going through old pods this week. Um, admittedly, hand up. Um, I did say that he might be a good target for the Brewers preseason. Uh, but who knows? We, we might have turned him into something. But unfortunately, uh, he had to go get his ass kicked as a Cub one more time. Yeah, man, it was the party in Chicago. <laughs> it was crazy, dude. I, someone was tweeting, like, after the wisdom stare down, like, the run differential. It was just absurd. Yeah, it was, like, 36 to, like, 6 or something, 36 to 7 or something like that. Yeah, so they, like, kind of play relatively close games in the first two. Um, and then, yeah, just absolutely kill them. 27 to 4 in the last couple. Uh, but yeah, the Tuesday game, uh, Brewers won that one six to three. Um, Ashby started it and couldn't go any longer because uh, the rain delay in this one. Um, but yeah, they score score six runs, give up three. I don't know. You guys have any takeaways on this one? Uh, Luis balling out again. He went two for three in this one. Eddie Escobar just keeps hitting. Uh, but beyond that, it was pretty uh, pretty run the mill. Oh, we can talk about John Curtis real quick. Um, so he's hurt. He went on the IL 10-day list with uh, UCL. Um, typically, that follows with uh, Tommy John, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, they transferred him to the 60-day IL. I'm assuming yeah. he's getting Tommy John. I, I don't know if he was just getting a second opinion to understand the severity, um, which that could have attributed to his struggles, too. I know the defense didn't help him by any means, but – he typically isn't a high walk guy and he looked like just his entire time with us that he didn't have good feel of his pitches. So I don't know if his um, elbow was contributing to that. So um, obviously it stinks, but um, hopefully he can make a full recovery because I believe we have him to like 2024. Um, so it's not like we've seen the last of him by any means. Yeah, and he was really good for the for the Marlins. So, like you said, um, you know, part of the appeal of that deal was that it was more than just a rental. Uh, so, hopefully, he's a he's a big part of the bullpen for the next handful of years. Um, yeah, the the first handful of appearances with Milwaukee, um, I don't know how much we could take away from that. Uh, he never really looked comfortable, to be honest. Um, he threw his first game. I think you you saw him in Atlanta live, and you said it was just like incredibly humid and then i don't know he just looked uncomfortable the whole time he was throwing yeah um cool boss you got anything on this or i mean not really this is just kind of uh us wiping the floor with the cubs here i mean yeah kind of the same old same old uh i can't wait for that series in september when we get chicago three more times at our home park um i'm sure it'll be filled with cubs fans because they're not leaving um but you know Coming to pay our bills, yet they were their fans were leaving relatively quickly um, at Wrigley. I'm we're going all that's our next game we're going to us three together. We're going there, and I'm fucking chirping every single Cubs fan, just saying dancing with the stars, and none of them are going to get it because their IQ is the level of a fourth grader. But we're chirping everyone. Yeah, it's a Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. <laughs> Love that. I'm in. I'm in. Um, and then yeah, the the series opener of the week um, was on Tuesday and Freddie Peralta dealt uh, five and a third, two earned runs, but this was the wisdom. I think we talked about this game actually in our last pod, we kind of overlap like that at times, but um, you know, wisdom stared down our guy, Willie takes some, takes some yard next inning. Uh, Brewers don't look back from there. So that's all I got, man. We're, uh, we're looking forward to this week. Got a big series against the Redbirds. Um, their fans are, uh, you know, getting a little cocky here. They're playing some decent baseball. Um, and we've got some unbelievable pitching matchups here. Um, so I think tomorrow we match up uh, Corbin Burns against Adam Wainwright. And then Wednesday, we got Freddie Peralta against Jack Flaherty. And Thursday, we're starting Woody um, against uh, TWD for St. Louis. So fun one on deck. Then we got the Nationals at home. Uh, I feel like they've been on the road forever, uh, the team. Hopefully uh, able to catch a few games this weekend. But you guys have anything that you're looking forward to this week? I think it's going to be Wade LeBlanc on Sunday, former Brewer. 
on Sunday. That's that's kind of what the uh, what it marched out to be for his typical day to pitch. I don't know. They might skip him and throw a J.A. Happ or a cock shots at us. We'll see. Oh wait, you mean what? You mean the season? You mean Thursday? Uh, oh yeah, I'm thinking it's the weekend. Shit. No, you're good. You, you got me confused. I was like, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Thursday. Cool. Mitch, you got anything that you're looking for? Um, no, not really. I mean, I just – it kind of feels like it's just become the norm for us, especially in this stretch with Freddie Woodruff and Corbin, that it's like you almost expect, like, if you're another team, like, if you're the Cardinals, best-case scenario for you, you have to feel like, oh, let's just try to take one. I mean, if you get anything more than that, it's been – that's a crazy good series for the opposing team. Um, so it'll be interesting more so from a St. Louis Cincinnati perspective. I don't want to sound overconfident because like, you know, teams can go on runs or whatever, but it just feels like for St. Louis to have a fighting chance, they're just going to have to try to run down Cincinnati and San Diego for that second wild card spot. Fangrass actually has uh, miles. Michael is coming back. Mm, interesting. Might have to see good old miles. Huh? Uh, kills us is there uh and Mitch, um, you could say no. We could table it for next time. But we have uh, any reports or notes about down on the farm right now? Yeah, there's actually a couple, and I'll let Bus talk about his boy with the long uh, blonde flow that's been dominating down in the minors. I'll save him for him. But uh, some recent promotions: Sal Freelick got promoted to Carolina. Um, he's off to a 372-413-535 slash through his first like 10, 11 games, he seems like he's going to be a fast climber. Um, there is another guy to watch for, and he was tweeted about today um, from some of our Brewer Farm guys. Um, but Hendry Mendez, he's a 17-year-old that we signed. Um, he's been playing in the Dominican League. He was one of our international signings. Um, someone compared him to a high OPS, uh, Nick Madrigal, because he doesn't strike out. His strikeout percentage has been like 3%. Um, and, and some of the scouts have been absolutely raving about him being kind of this like up and coming prospect that no one knows about because of how good his bat to ball skills are, but yet he still has like a, a ferocious swing. Um, so he's kind of a guy to watch out for along with Herbert Perez. Those are kind of our two young international prospects that are really starting to blossom. Um, Bryce Terang is having an incredible year too. He got promoted to triple A. Um, and he's been hitting for triple A. It seems like his power starting to come around as he's added to his frame. Um, so there's been a lot of success. Um, Baseball America came out with their new top uh, 100 and, or yeah, new top 100 in, in rankings for teams and the Brewers farm is growing. I think we're up to like the upper twenties now or mid twenties, which I know our farm was ranked one of the worst. So our farm's getting a lot better, which is a good sign, but uh I'll turn it over to Bus for for his boy and another guy that uh, Brewers fans should be looking out for. Yeah, man, Joey Weimer got called up to um, the T Rats, um, posting uh, just a modest 4.29 average. He's got four bombs already in six games. Um, that that bleach blonde flow coming out of his helmet is fucking amazing. Also, um, and he's kind of a swamp donkey too. He's like six four, two twenty five. Sign me up. Yeah, man. Outfield. We have so many. We have so many outfielders. Joey's an outfielder. Garrett's an outfielder. Sal's an outfielder. Um, our outfield is absolutely. And I mean, that's that's the way Stearns is drafted. He's just drafted middle yeah. infielders and outfielders. That's all he's drafted. But it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of to the point where it's like maybe they move Joey to first base due to his size and something and stuff like that. But it's just our farm system regardless of what some of the rankings say is a lot deeper than, than most people mentioned. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool boys. Well, we got another week here in ball, uh, got the Cardinals, got the nationals. Um, you know, then we're, we're creeping towards the end of August, getting into September, some September baseball. Um, and we'll keep you posted, uh, along with the ride here. So go follow Tara's talk M I L on Twitter as uh, Mitch L has that thing going at all times um, and follow along for the, uh, the journey here in the meantime, boys, let's cook. Let's cook. Welcome to Craig Tambor, baby. Nobody on the road.
Yeah. 